Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall. Finn McHale here and today we're going to be reviewing Record of Ragnarok, Chapter 51, The Cursed Seed and the Pure Soil. So the chapter opens up in the dark and a spotlight over Beelzebub next to a vase full of roses. And he's muttering to himself about how, you know, any soil would do, but if you found this really fertile and pure soil that it it's so beautiful and like you can only wonder what kind of delicate and beautiful flower would bloom and he plucks a flower from the vase while talking about this and saying you know any soil would do and he sniffs and while he's holding the rose in his hand it just withers away and dies and so we cut back to the fight but we will find out what seed he's talking about later on in this chapter so we cut back and we see Three of the four great sages, Jesus, Socrates, and Confucius, all in shock. And we see a Buddhist monk clutching his prayer beads so tightly that they break and the beads start to fall off. And then we see the Ahimsa shield with a hole in it. And Heimdallir talks about, oh my god, it was a devastating attack. It broke the shield, pierced Buddha's eye. Well, we actually get a bit more context into what actually happened. And so while this is going on, before we get the revelation of what actually happened in that attack, the Ahimsa shield goes back to just the Sixth Realm's default staff form. And Ares is just all bits of confused because he's like, yo, that shield was able to withstand the Misery Cleaver, but why was it able to be pierced so easily? And Hajun is just going on. He's like, man, you're too awesome for words. You should, you should have a see-through head in your, whole, in your head by now. And so, but you managed to dodge at the last second. So really what happened was that wasn't a whip blade going to stab him through the head. It was actually a pillar, like a screw trying to go through his head. And Hajun goes, you know, but let's see how long you'll survive. And he morphs his arm into another axe with a, you know, spear end on top as well. And so you know, let's see you survive the judgment. And so Buddha turns the Six Realm staff back into the his sword form, fights back, you know, they're going blow to blow. Loki comments, you know, well, his left eye is as good as gone, you know, lights out on the whole side, he can't escape. And with this going on, we see that Buddha actually lands a strike, but it's like a shaving nick on Hajun. He's so fucking powerful. It basically just leaves a nick and he laughs it off. And so he goes over and he gets a good strike on Buddha's shoulder. And he's saying, suffer it. And so Buddha changes his stance in order to compensate for now his blind spot. And all the, you know, other three sages are like, oh my God, yes, you know, he'll be able to do it. And so Heimdallir just goes on to talk about, man, like, they're evenly matched now. It's an amazing display of deadly strikes in exchange. And then all of a sudden, like, Hadrian just goes buck wild and is like, suffer, 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 suffer. Then all of a sudden he gets, like, really, 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 you know, freaking maniacal when he lands a side blow on Buddha's right abdomen and just, like, I don't think he licks it. I think he's letting the blood drip onto his tongue and he's just going like suffer more. And it's like that look where you're like suffer more and like the tongue is sticking out. And 
it gets to the point where Ares is like, that is some monstrous strength, the fact that he's pushing Buddha this hard. Who in Jehovah's name is this monster? And then Hades, who we met last chapter, goes, hey man, you don't be using my bro's name like that at all. And he said, this is something you can't possibly understand. You know, his true strength is something beyond the gods and comprehension. He even says, who knows what kind of guy he is. And he says, no one can really tell. He said, even after he came out of nowhere in Helheim and tore half of it. And Ares just goes, excuse me, half of Helheim. And Hades is like, yeah, man, according to like ancient legends and crap, you know, they had to rebuild the destroyed half. But they also said that the monster who caused it just disappeared the next morning, you know, and no one knows. And he hadn't returned again up until now. And so he thought his existence was, you know, nothing more than, you know, just an amusing tale and that the underworld tells each other for entertainment. And so he had no reason to believe that something that happened two terms before he came to preside in the underworld. And that's something interesting that I kind of want to explore later, or I hope gets explored later, is terms in the underworld. That's interesting. And so Hermes shows up and he says, so then how come the fabled Hajun was able to crash into Ragnarok? And Hades just simply goes, I can only think of one person. Now, the narration by Hades is you know, his suspicions and thought process, which is right because it's interspersed with a flashback of Beelzebub going to the scene where Hajin was last found, found some leftover essence of him. He experimented with it, managed to obtain a seed, and then he used it to implant it into someone, into one of the most kind gods. And this is where we see a younger Zerofuku, or as we finally have an English name, Zero Fortune. I'll probably use Zerofuku more often, but I'll use them interchangeably. And so we see he doesn't have the horns. Yet we see this little like weird worm thing with the two devil horns that looks like the same horns. And we see Beelzebub sneak in, implant it into Zerofuku, and... It wraps around and we get his iconic horns. And so basically they're saying the usual suspect is Beelzebub. But before we even get to that, you know, Hermes and Zeus are really quiet and it appears they know the usual suspect. But Ares is like, who would want to do something like this, dude? This is horrible. And so Hades then just goes on and says, you know, Someone with so much power in their hands that they just love to play with destructive games just because he, for his own amusement, because he's bored. He's like, there's one usual suspect. And so then Ares goes, really? Him? And Hermes is like, that's right. And then we cut back to Beelzebub's lab, and he's like, oh, I see what's going on. And we see the narration saying, it was that bastard Beelzebub. And he makes the comment saying, Beelzebub does, saying, so this is what happens when the soil is pure. Cut back to the fight. You know, Buddha is trying to fend off, you know, this new halberd weapon body morph out of Hajun. 
and he does a splits and he gets him on his foot, Buddha's foot, and he's like, oh my God, that really fucking hurt. And Hadrian just goes, dude, it's useless to resist. Just give up. And the humans are now shocked. They're like, oh my God, Hajun is just such a beast. And some of the gods, and this is what I find really interesting, the gods in the stands, and I think these are mo mostly minor gods, they're like, yeah, man, you know, we don't know where you came from, but keep going. Kill him, Hajun. Whereas the leadership of the gods are kind of really wary of this power because they don't know what Hajun will do if he wins the fight. That's the impression I'm getting so far. But anyways... Hajun says, you know, this has gone far enough. Just accept your divine punishment, dude. And so Buddha goes, you keep saying suffer and suffer, but they're not your real feelings. So he tries to talk to Zerofuku in there. And Hajun goes, Zerofuku? You mean that stupid god? And he just starts laughing and he says, by the way, he can't hear you. He's already been digested. And he goes on to say, you know, he served me very well, proved to be very useful, great soil. He gave his life back to me. Oh my God, that stupid naive, naive third rate God. This was the perfect role. You know, if he was alive, he'd be crying tears of happiness. And Buddha just snaps and goes, shut the fuck up. And everyone in the stands, gods, humans, and we mostly see Buddhist monks with the shock face and Heimdallir are like, oh my God. And so we see... Buddha, he's like, I've decided without hesitation, without mercy, I'm going to kill you. And we get the narrator talking about the sixth realm staff changes depending on Buddha's emotions. The fifth realm, Prada's realm. And they talk about, but in that moment, his heart was filled with poisonous emotions. He would mostly refuse any other time. And we get the kanji for hatred, thousand arm cannon. And because of that, the Six Realm staff took a form that Buddha couldn't even imagine or has even seen before. And we get the war scythe of the rough god Salakayas. And it's a scythe, but the back end of it, like the post head, is this wicked lion's head and an open maw. And so we see, like, it looks like Salakias's like visage in the background, and Loki's now really excited. He's like, "Dude, this is far out." And Ares is like, "Yo, what ominous spirit of is that?" And Hermes just calmly goes, "Oh, well, that's not really Buddha's style." And now Zeus is interested. He's like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. this old man self." So then Hades go, Hades goes, "Oh, he's going for the one shot kill." So they stare each other down, and Hajun is like, oh, your smile's gone. He's like, you dare to resist a supreme being like me, and I'll make sure your trash kind suffers the most horrific way. To cause suffering is what my heart desires most. And so Buddha just says, come on, bitch, let's go. And he unleashes Samsara's karma, where he swings the scythe blade at him, and Hajun just blocks it, and he's like, this is useless. All of a sudden, though, the scythe just starts pushing in and in and in and in to Hajun. And he's like, hold on a second. What's going on? It's pushing him back. And a clean swipe comes out. And so Brunhilde and Gull are like, oh, man, he evaded it. All hope's lost now. However, Hajun goes like, now suffer. But Buddha goes, the next one. 
and we see some energy start to pour into the lion's maw, blast out in order to propel the blade, Samsara's karma eternal. And we actually see Hajun with a concerned look on his face now. And we hear it pierce. However, Hajun finally makes armor for his arm. And it looks like this attack actually scared him enough to do it. However, in the midst of this, he does get a shot into Buddha's side, piercing him. And all of a sudden, everybody's now freaking lost it because they're like, dude, Buddha really looks like he's about to die. And even the gods are worried now. Zeus, Hermes, Ares, and Loki. And then Hadrian's like, you got any last words before you die? And Buddha said, I'm going to say it again. I'll say it one more time. And he pulls himself out and tries to regain his footing and says, if the gods won't save the humans, then I will. And he pulls himself out of, well, no, he pulls himself in, excuse me, to Hajun. And he says, if any gods dare to oppose me, I will kill them. Woo! All right. So, interesting chapter. I think the biggest thing I want to talk about is like the whole fertile soil thing. And I'll probably go a little bit more in depth. But it seems to me that within the realm of Helheim, at least lore-wise, Hajun wasn't able to sustain himself and he burned himself out. So Beelzebub heard about this and he was like, can I make him more stable? And so that's why he was talking about a pure soil. And so he found Zerofuku or Zero Fortune and thus implanted the seed on him. And another thing to point out, too, is remember his misery absorption ability probably fed the seed even more. And then going into his like pissy, angry, angsty teenage form didn't make it much better either. And so that's what I think happened is some combination of that led to Hajun being reborn. Outside of that. I think this is a really good chapter, especially because like we're starting to see that not all the major gods, especially the ones that are supposed to participate in Ragnarok, are kind of on the same page with each other. Especially Zeus, like this whole fight, you know, because he asked Buddha to fight, you know, and then he swapped sides and Zeus didn't really have a problem. But now he and the other gods are really, really afraid. Now, Hades is coming up just to, you know, basically let him know, hey, this is what I know being the ruler of Helheim currently, but, like, the, the only usual suspect is Beelzebub. And so they're actually generally concerned because if Hajun can take out Buddha, who's probably one of their strongest fighters, I would say probably their upper tier from the way they're reacting with how much he's getting destroyed, signals to me that this is a significant threat in Record of Ragnarok. However, with that said... I don't want to drag this on too much. I will be pumping out more content now, especially with all these revelations, because like I can't wait to talk about, you know, the terms of being the god of Helheim or overlooking it. With that said, this has been a Bandolier Core production. Finn McHale, signing out.